You are listening to a podcast from Riverview Church in Bonace, recorded during one of our Sunday gatherings. For more information about Riverview Church, for service times or contact details, go to riverviewchurch.uk or find us on Facebook at Riverview Bonace. If anybody doesn't know me, my name's Rona and I'm a member of Riverview Church and I'm really feeling really blessed this morning to bring a short message for you. So, the title of my message this morning is, should come up, oh, I was looking over here because the screen used to be over here in my mind. So, my, um, so the title is Freedom Above and Beyond and actually sounds a little bit Buzz Lightyear. It's like to infinity and beyond. In fact, I think I might change my title right now. So, Freedom to Infinity and Beyond because it kind of works. So anyway, Freedom Above and Beyond is my title. So that's like this word freedom. It kind of conjures up lots of different images in our minds, doesn't it? So for me, it's got to be Mel Gibson, Braveheart, going into battle, freedom, trying to defeat the English. Um, or maybe it's <laughs> freedom from the English. Sorry, right. it's not a political, it's not a political talk. Sorry, right. we're okay. <laughs> Married to an Englishman, we're fine. <laughs> Moving on. Or it could be. <laughs> Could be um, other heroes that have kind of fought and maybe died for the freedoms that we so enjoy. A lot of bloodshed, a lot of a lot of hardship for freedoms that we enjoy. So those kind of images go through head. Other images might be things like things that we enjoy, experiences that kind of make us feel really alive and free. So for me, that would be galloping on a big sandy beach on a beautiful horse. Or for somebody else, it might be like standing on the top of a mountain looking down at the world below, or maybe some people like jumping off the mountain. That gives them a great sense of freedom. You can keep that one. Or jumping out of an aeroplane. But these are like amazing experiences that kind of give us that sense of freedom, don't they? And just that feeling of being so complete and so alive. Um, but as good as they are, that's not the kind of freedom I'm going to be speaking about this morning. The freedom I'm going to be speaking about is what it says in my title, and that's like above and beyond. And that's a freedom to infinity and beyond, because it is infinite. It's freedom that's infinite. It's forever. And it's a freedom that we can experience in whatever life circumstances we're finding ourselves in, and every day, every single day of our lives. So that's the freedom I'm talking about this morning. So... I'm going to tell you a story, and Bob or Bill or whoever, he doesn't feature, I'm afraid to say, <laughs> whatever his name was, he's not my story. I'm going to tell you a story about a woman, um, and I'm going to tell this story a little bit differently, so bear with me, because what I want to do with this story is I want to tell this story from how I believe this woman's perspective would feel. So I want to tell it from her perspective. Now, it's not my story. Um, the details and the circumstances around it are not mine. However, so many aspects of this story are my story and my testimony. And I think you'll understand that as we go through this. And I'll come back to that a little bit later. So anyway, okay, here it is. So I did a terrible, terrible thing. A really, really bad thing. And... It's not something I really want to talk to you about um, because it's embarrassing, so, so embarrassing. However, I, I have to, I have to tell you because it changed my life and, you know, it might possibly change your lives too. 
So I was cheating. I was cheating on my husband. And, you know, at, at the time, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, really? I think I just got carried away. I just did it. Uh, it seemed okay at the time. It seemed fine, you know, like, and to be honest, if nobody found out, what harm was it going to do? I knew that if, you know, it was found out, obviously it was going to be hurtful and could be damaging and could be horrendous. But you know what? I didn't think anybody would find out. Why would they? Um, so I guess I just got caught up in the moment, carried away, seemed fine, seemed fun. But my worst nightmare came true because I was found out, I was caught. And I cannot even begin to describe to you the weight of guilt, the weight of shame, the weight of absolute regret, like weighing down on me like an absolute ton of bricks, the heaviness of that that I was carrying in that moment. I can't begin to describe to you how, how ashamed I felt, how low, the lowest the low. What was I thinking? What was I doing? How could I be so stupid? What an idiot. I'm just like, I'm scum of the earth. And you know the worst thing was? That in, my, in that time, in my culture, and in those days, there were serious consequences for what I did, and I knew that when I was doing it. Because in those days, the consequences for what I was doing, it was against the law. And I was going to be stoned for what I did. In my culture, that's what happened. My punishment was to be stoned, and I'd been caught. And so you can imagine the terror that filled me in the next. First the guilt, first the remorse, first the complete and utter shame of it. And on top of that, I now knew that I was going to my death. So anyway, the, the, the religious leaders, the, the, the religious police, the teachers of the time, they got me, they took me, they dragged me, and they took me into the town, and I can't remember the journey. I couldn't even, how could I recall that journey? I was in such a state. I can't remember anything. And I, next on you, I was flung into the crowd of people, into the dust, and I'm like sitting there, completely ashamed. Couldn't look up. Cried all the tears I could possibly cry. And I'm there, and I'm expecting big rocks to be lobbed at me any minute. I don't know, I was just like, that was my just reward, that was my punishment. I'd resorted myself to that fact. In fact, I was actually wishing they'd just get on with it by this point because I just couldn't cope with this guilt and this shame anymore. Anyway, the, the, the religious leaders then said a name that I recognized. And they said, they said, Jesus. Now I'd heard of this Jesus. I'd heard of this man because people were speaking about him because he'd been, he'd been going around healing people. He'd been going around healing the sick. He'd been teaching people. And I'd heard his name. And I also knew that he was claiming to be the Messiah. He was claiming to be the Son of God that had come to save us all. Anyhow, Jesus, they said, and I heard them just demanding his answer of this guy, this man, they were saying, this woman has been caught in the very act of adultery and the law of Moses says, we now need to stone her. What do you say about that? Do you think, you know, what's your answer for that? And I'm just like, 
leave this man alone? What are they doing? Why are they asking this man what they should do with me? Just throw the stones. I'm like, this is the worst, the worst thing you could possibly do. I'd leave the man alone. Anyway, I later found out that they were testing him. They, they wanted to catch him out. They wanted him to say the wrong answer because then they could accuse him of blasphemy. Anyhow, this Jesus didn't say anything. He sat there and he was drawing in the sand with his finger. Nothing. And the Pharisees, the religious teachers, they would not leave him alone. They pestered him. They, they, they demanded an answer of him. You must give us an answer. What should we do with this woman? And eventually he got up and eventually he spoke. And he said to them, he said, very well, stoner. Then he said, but whichever one of you has never done anything wrong, whichever one of you has never sinned, you be the first one to throw that rock. And then he sat back down and he started drawing again in the sand. And uh, I knelt on the dust, looking at the ground, waiting, just waiting. And there was murmuring and there was noise going on around me and I waited. And eventually the murmuring, the noise started to go quieter. So I, got, I waited. And then I heard this Jesus speak to me. And he said, woman, he said, where have your accusers gone? So I managed to look up and I looked around and right enough, none of them were there. Every single one of them had disappeared. Not one of them was left there. And eventually I managed to muster up the courage and I looked into Jesus' face and he looked into my face and he said, did not one of them condemn you? Not one of them condemned me. And he says, Therefore, neither do I condemn you. And he said, go and sin no more. Therefore, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I was free. No more death sentence. What? No, that's it. No more death sentence. That's, I did the bad thing. That's what I deserved. Nothing. Now, like, just pause for a minute. It's such a powerful story. I, just, I can't, honestly, it's just, it's just absolutely incredible. Um, that story, you can find, it's a Bible story. You can find it in John chapter 8 of your Bibles. I'm sure many of you are really, really familiar with it. It's a very short story. Um, but what I find so incredible and amazing about this story, right, is that Jesus this was obviously before the cross. This was obviously before Jesus defeated sin and death, before that even happened, before he did that for good. And yet, here he is in this situation, and he demonstrates and he illustrates so beautifully exactly what it was that he'd come to this earth to do for us, for that woman, that one woman, but for, for me, 
And this is my story, this is my testimony, because this is what God has done in my life numerous times. Not just once, but yeah, once, and then again, and again, and again. It's just, it's just incredibly powerful. This was God's plan. John 3, 17 says, for God did not send his son Jesus into the world to condemn the world. That's not what he did. He didn't send Jesus in to judge us and condemn us. He sent Jesus into the world to save us, to save the world through him and through that ultimate sacrifice that he then later went on to do for our sins. So as I said, this is my story, and this is actually, believe it or not, this is all of our stories. This is your story. That woman's story is actually our story. Because, you know, like under the law of Moses, um, because of the justness and the purity of God, all the stuff that we do, right, all the stuff that we do that makes us feel a failure, that makes us feel ashamed, all the stuff that we know we shouldn't do, all the stuff that... We do that hurts each other. That all comes under that term of sin that only us Christians use, <laughs> really. That little word sin. All that stuff, all that sin, that condemns us ultimately to death, like that woman. And we deserve to be punished for it. And yeah, and that's why, that's why we still feel so guilty and ashamed about it, really except because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. Because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, just like he said to that woman, he now can look at us. We can now have Jesus look into our face and he can then say to us, therefore neither do I condemn you. It's so powerful, so, so powerful. Go now and sin no more. And listen, those Pharisees, those religious leaders that were there, they were trying so hard to follow the rules, right? They were trying so hard to be good. They weren't bad. They were trying really, really hard to follow the law of Moses. We think of them really, really like these really, really kind of, we don't really like them very much, do we? But actually, they were trying to follow the law. They were trying to be good. They were trying to be holy. They were trying to be pure. And yet when Jesus turned and said to them, whichever one of you has never done anything wrong, right? These are the guys that were every day trying to do everything right. If, you know, whoever's never done anything wrong, you be the first to throw the first stone. And what I find amazing is they all knew that they couldn't, even though they were trying so hard to be right, none of them did. None of them could claim to be without sin, but Jesus was without sin. And he still said, neither do I condemn you to that woman. So a couple of things I want to point out from that story as well is though, that first of all, that woman's sin had to be exposed. Secondly, it was brought to Jesus. And then it was dealt with completely. Three things three steps. And I think that's true for us. I think if we want to live in the fullness and we want to live in the freedom that I'm talking about this morning, because I am ultimately talking about a freedom from this condemnation. If we want to live in true freedom, freedom from the guilt, freedom from shame, freedom from feelings of worthlessness and uselessness because we can't, 
we can't by our own effort be as good as we want to be. We will never be able to do that. The Pharisees weren't able to do it. I surely can't do it. If they can't do it, I can't because I certainly don't try as hard as they did. We can't do it. So if we want to live in this freedom, we need to first acknowledge that we do things wrong. We need to acknowledge our sins. We need to acknowledge it. We need to say, actually, I shouldn't have done those things. I shouldn't be doing those things. So it needs exposed. And then secondly, we need to take it to Jesus. And then this is my most important point this morning because I actually know that most of us in this room know all this. We know it so well. We speak about it week in, week out at church. We need to let him deal with it. We actually need to take it to Jesus. We need to leave him to deal with it. And we need to stop living under that judgment and that condemnation anymore. As I say, we hear it week in, week out. Communion, we're always talking about it. Last week, we were talking about it. Um, but I just want to ask you this morning, are we letting Jesus deal with it? All that guilt, that shame, that, that condemnation. Are we still wandering around with condemned written on our foreheads? Are we still wandering around with this guilt, shame, feelings of worthlessness, feelings of, you know, or are we still living with all that weight? Do we have judgment over our heads? like heavy clouds that we just can't shift. And you know, sometimes we do bring it to Jesus. Sometimes we have dealt with it. Sometimes we've been freed and we've been releasing it. It's been great and it's all good. Yay, I'm free. This is fantastic. And this is, this is my story as well. And then months later, years later, the kind of thoughts come creeping back in. All that weight starts to build up again. The guilt starts to kind of build up again. And you're like, oh, Oh man, I'm just, this is, I just can't get over that. I'm so guilty, I'm so worthless, this is just useless, you know, I can't get rid of this. And sometimes it creeps back in. And I think we need to keep taking that back to the cross because actually, have we really then let Jesus deal with it completely? Because we need to let him do that. And I believe that this morning, God's let put this on my heart, and it has been on my heart for quite a few weeks because I do feel there are people here that are burdened by this weight. And Jesus is saying to us this morning, He's saying to you this morning, if you're wandering around feeling that judgment, maybe it's coming from other people, but if you've taken it to Jesus, it's dealt with. You should not be wandering around with judgment and condemnation over your heads. And Jesus is he will be looking in you in the face and he's saying this message to you. Therefore, I do not condemn you. Go and sin no more. And he's not saying go and carry on doing it. That's not what he's saying, but he's saying go and be free. Be free from it. I don't condemn you. This is the son of God we're talking about. This is God himself. God does not condemn you. Um, Romans 8, it came up last week. Um, I think we can pop up there. This is like my ultimate favorite Bible verse, and I honestly believe it's one of the most powerful verses in the whole Bible. <laughs> um, and it says this, it says, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus for the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the wages of sin that lead to death. We are free people. Amen. And if you don't know Christ this morning, that's what's available. That's what's available. 
complete and utter freedom above and beyond. It's amazing. It's just, and, and again, if you don't know Christ, this is what our faith's all about. This is what Christ came to do. This is what he did. He died so that that bad stuff that separates us from God and leads to our death is, you know, is forgiven. Um, I'll just maybe get Leslie to come up. So I'm just about done, um, but I'd like to end with this thought as well. The thing is, when we wander around carrying all this hurt and guilt and shame and burden by all that stuff, it actually affects the church as a whole. And I think this is really important. I don't know, there's a popular saying that goes around and I'm almost a little bit unsure about using it. Have you ever heard that saying that goes around that says, hurt people hurt people? It's true, isn't it? Hurt people hurt people. How about we kind of say that, you know, like, judged people judge people? Condemned people condemn people? Like the Pharisees. The Pharisees, they were living under judgment. They were living under condemnation themselves when they were accusing other people of doing those bad things. How about we flip it around to like free people, free people? Or saved people, save people. And like released people, release people. And forgiven people, forgive people. See? So, yeah, we need to deal with it for ourselves, but we need to deal with it for us as the church. Because we don't want to be a people that are judging, condemning. That's not what the gospel story is about. The gospel story is about freedom. It's about freedom from condemnation. Amen. Amen. So that's it. That's, that's all from me. But I, I just want to say that if God has been speaking this morning, because I, I do believe that, I, I do believe God's laid this on my heart for people here. So if God's been speaking to you and if, if that's you if you've kind of if anything has kind of gone in that's like oh that's me and I really need to deal with this then please like I do encourage you yet yeah, bring it to God but I encourage you to come and speak to me speak to one of the leaders get some prayer if you're not saved and you think oh I kind of want that freedom but I'm not sure what to do next again just please do come and speak to myself or Graham or one of the leaders and we'll be really happy to speak to you.